Welcome to I Am The Horse Witch. Here we talk about all things horsey and witchy and all the in-betweens. This is your space to work with magic and manifestation to achieve your goals, make your intentions a reality and live your best witchy life. I'm your host Tamara, so let's go. Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the show. How's your week been? Did you manage to do a cord cutting ritual, either meditation or a candle spell? If you did, please let me know how you went. I would love to hear your stories and I'd love to hear how you went about it. I'm really happy to receive any results or insights that you wish to share. And you can always tell me if you're happy with me to share it on the show or perhaps if you would just like to share it with me personally. I'd really appreciate that. I love to hear feedback because it makes me realise that (laughs) there is people out there, is people listening and getting something out of the podcast and it gives me that feedback. So welcome to this week. Uh, So this week is animal communication and if you're listening to this podcast, you're likely to have a strong interest in animals, be it equine or others. And you're also likely to be a highly sensitive person, highly intuitive, if not downright psychic yourself. And many of us are in the fortunate position to share our lives with animals and know the richness that they add to our lives in the form of love, companionship, loyalty, friendship and protection. And many of us, particularly the empaths, are likely to feel far more comfortable in the presence of animals than humans. We communicate with our animals all the time, whether we know it or not. Sometimes we're more conscious as when we speak to them directly with our words and sometimes unconsciously with our energy, which is why we try to do our best to let go of toxic situations and energy before working with horses in particular because we're asking something of them. It's a little bit different to the animals who live in our house, um, like dogs, cats, Uh, birds, hamsters, mice, things like that. And animals can be an enormous source of healing for our wounded souls and likewise us for them. Sometimes we can work against that, um, but I would say that most of us listening to this podcast, uh, our intention is of a very, very strong spiritual and healing energy. That's what we'd like to create. So have you ever wanted to communicate with the animal or another animal on a deeper level to find out what they really feel about their environment, their past, their likes, their dislikes, their response to certain changes or certain training? If so, telepathic animal communication may be something that may interest you. This is way beyond reading animal body language, which generally we do every day. You know, for example, when they turn away from us, ears back, tail up, things like that. This is spiritual and this is much, much deeper. This type of animal communication hasn't got anything to do with, in inverted commas, reading an animal's body language or studying their behaviour. This type of animal communication is a telepathic two-way conversation, a connection from mind to mind or heart to heart where we can exchange information with them, just like two humans having a conversation. Knowing what's going on inside them helps you understand your animals, their behaviour, health issues, 
concerns such as, an, as aggression and anxiety, likes and dislikes, as well as their dreams and purpose in life. So how do we do it? Well, the short answer is, firstly, that we can all do it. That's the joy. But it takes some practice, time and patience and a great deal of trust in your intuition. We are all psychic. Full stop. We're all psychic. We all have this sixth sense. And you will have heard this before, but it's likely to be shut down in childhood when we're told that we're imagining things. You know, children have imaginary friends, see pink dragons and talk to things that aren't there. And then by about age five, this has generally been drummed out of children because they're told that they're making things up. But the likelihood is that they haven't closed the veil to the spirit world. And this is where we need to go back to in order to communicate psychically with our animals. I know this sounds like a massive leap, but just run with me. So this is my journey. I went through a number of years where I was literally obsessed, absolutely obsessed with animal communication. I had over 20 books on it, which I loaned uh, and didn't get back, but that's all right. I just have to believe that I didn't need them anymore. And I was way more interested in animal communication than riding or any other aspect of horsework. And I used to practice uh, on animals in the street, you know, if the dog was tied outside a bakery or something, I would sit at a table nearby and talk to it. It was my practice of speaking to animals that I didn't know. And I'm sure that people thought that I was absolutely bonkers sitting at a table staring at their dog. My three favourite authors that I learned a lot from are Amelia Kincaid, Marta Williams and Margaret Coates. And I'll put those references in the show notes and also some links to their books, which are absolutely brilliant. Like, even if you don't go any further than listening to this podcast, perhaps if you want to read something, these books are absolutely brilliant. And their examples and their stories are completely mind-blowing. So what I'm going to take you through now is a really simple, basic animal communication exercise. And it's one that you can practice with your own animals. And then, you know, perhaps you have a friend that might be um, going through some issues. You might want to help them in a way that goes beyond remember always that if there's an animal in pain, vet is your first point of call. But perhaps this can help to find where the pain's coming from or what is the issue in their life. So this is something that you can either do in the space of the animal, but I personally wouldn't have a horse tied up. If I was in their paddock or their field, I would have my own space. And if the horse wants to enter it, fantastic. They can come near you and they will often be drawn to the stillness and the energy because the energy is about peace and love, they're drawn to that. So if the horse comes to you or the animal comes to you, fantastic. If not, then that's absolutely their choice. The other thing is that sometimes like people, animals don't feel like talking and you may have that on a certain day. Unlike us, animals haven't been socially corralled into speaking when they don't want to speak. So we have to allow them that space and 
perhaps try another time. So just remember that. If you're communicating with a dog or cat or other animal, you don't necessarily have to be in their space. They may be in the house, uh, but it's not like you have to put the animal in front of you, okay? You can communicate with them because you're communicating with spirit. They don't need to be physically in the same room. So for this one, the first thing is that you 100% have to center yourself, okay? So you have to go deep, you have to breathe, you have to find your own center, still all your energy. So use some breathing techniques, use some grounding techniques so that you're absolutely in the space where that communication is able to happen. So use your breathing, breathe in for five, hold for four, out for five. Do that a couple of times, feel the ground under you, whether you're sitting on the ground or you've got your feet on the ground. You don't have to be barefoot, but make sure you feel the connection to the earth. And once you feel centered, then you're going to attach your heart to the heart of the animal. So put your focus on your own heart and then psychically in your mind's eye, I do, it, I do it with my imagination or my mind rather than actually look at the animal because I feel that for myself that works better. So you're going to imagine your heart and that is whatever picture you give it. Um, I generally don't imagine a physical heart. I imagine a pink circle of light in my chest and then I imagine the animal's heart with a similar picture in their chest. And then I imagine that the two hearts are connected. And the way that I do this, and you can totally create your own, is that I imagine that that connection between us is like a layer of stars. And it's for me, it's undulating. So it's like this wave that goes between my heart and the animal's heart so that there is this there is a connection and it's almost like a beautiful cord that we're not going to cut but in it's actually the opposite to last week we're developing this cord between us so i imagine these beautiful stars that connect my heart to the horse's heart or the animal's heart and once i feel that that's really strong and i feel that it's centered and connected then I introduce myself. Now, of course, if it's your own animal, then you may not have to do that. But I'll go, hi, I'm Tamara. And in fact, I sometimes do that with my own animals. And then I wait for something that comes back. Okay, I wait for some kind of feeling that there is that connection between us. And then I say, I love you. And it's about creating that love, even with an animal that you don't know, because you're working with love, then you tell the animal that you love it. And once you feel that that's received, then you go on to tell the animal that they're beautiful. All animals are beautiful. Their eyes are beautiful. Their eyelashes are beautiful. Their fur is beautiful. Their scales are beautiful. So you tell the animal that they're beautiful. Once you feel that has been received, then you can just sit there with that connection and they may give you 
some images, a sentence, a feeling, something that they want to tell you. And this is where the practice comes in. This is where you'll need to develop your psychic hearing. Okay. And remember to trust, do not judge, do not judge what you're receiving. If the animal is not giving you anything as far as what they need to, inverted commas, get off their chests or what they wish to communicate, then you can start to ask questions. Remember, go slowly, okay? Be gentle, don't force. If you're not getting anything, they may not feel like speaking. I probably around about, you can't say it's going to be 10 minutes, it's going to be 20 minutes, it's going to be five minutes, just sit with it and just store the images. They'll often, they'll often communicate in images or short sentences, particularly if they don't know you, or feelings. Okay, so ask, ask any specific questions that you wish to ask. If you're doing it for someone else, often their person will give you the, the questions that they wish to ask. And this is where you can go slowly through them, probably in one session, a maximum of five questions is more than enough, okay? Because you don't want to overburden the animal and you want it to have an experience that they enjoy rather than it being something that is forced on them. So this is the, this is the very, very basic of animal communication, once you establish that, you'll be able to build the language because you've already got that connection. Remember that once you feel the session is over, and you might want to start with just a really, really short session. You might want to start with perhaps just what the animal wants to tell you, and then the next time you ask a question. But always remember to thank them, thank them for their time thank them for their energy, thank them for their love. Remember, it's a feeling of mutual support. And then once their energy has, once the session has finished, then you close it by allowing the connection, the stars or whatever you, the cord that you've developed between the animal and yourself to dissipate and then slowly, slowly let the, let the light in each heart just dissipate. You come back to yourself and come out of it. When I come out of these sessions, I like to write down everything that I received without judgment, okay? Because often we think, oh, no, that's silly. That was my imagination. You know, I saw orange. I saw orange clouds, which may not make any sense in the time frame that you're doing it. However, it may come back to you and it make perfect sense. Orange clouds might mean a fire, it might have been burned. It might have been in a fire. And that is its way of interpreting to you, I'm shit scared of fires. I was very near one. That's my past. Okay? Because they, because they don't have the language, we need to be able to collect the information and then over the next couple of days, dwell on it, do some rumination, do some percolating and and. Trust me, if you really sit with it, it will come, okay? It's magic. The other thing is, as you get to know your animals, 
sometimes you don't need to go through that full process. That full process is fantastic when there's a really important issue, when you're getting to know an animal, when you're working on someone else's animal, um, when you're practicing. So remember I said I used to stop and talk to dogs in the street. Um, I don't feel it's an intrusion in their uh, space as long as you introduce yourself. You must always introduce yourself, say hello, say who you are. <laughs> It sounds so ridiculous as I say it. Tell them that you love them and tell them that they're beautiful. I mean, who wouldn't want to talk to you? But as you're developing your craft and you're developing your relationship with your animals, uh, I'm very, very close to my horses and my cat and, oh, and I have nine rescue sheep. And uh, one I'm particularly close to because I bottle fed her as a lamb. But they all have voices and they have, this sounds so crazy, they have very distinct voices and they have very distinct personalities and things that they say. Like my horse Galahad is a bullshit artist. He is, he's a bragger, he's a gloater and he he tells crap. So when I take him back from, if I've taken him to adult riding club or out for a lesson, I know that he goes into the paddock with the other girls and first of all, he gets in there because he's the man, gets in there, he bucks to one, he bucks to the other and they say, where were you Galahad? And he says, yeah, I was at a, as, at a show, I won. And I think, Galahad, you weren't at a show and you didn't win, you just went to a lesson. And my mares have very distinct voices as well, like the pitch and the way they speak. Molly sounds like a really, really sweet soccer mum. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if I've just lost my mind, but this is honestly how I hear them. Or it's how they speak so that I can hear them, so that I can understand what they're saying. And Holly is... I'm going to say she's quietly full of herself, but it, I that sounds more negative than I mean it to be. She's actually extremely happy in her own space. Um, her nature is extremely quiet and calm and she's very sweet and she speaks very sweetly, but she doesn't want any children. Whereas Molly would like six babies and like to keep them all, even though she's 23. There's so many books on animal communication and if this is something that interests you, I really recommend that you do some reading because the stories are fascinating and what we're capable of and the amount of psychic energy that we use is so minimal compared to what we're capable of and particularly in the realm of animal communication, uh, I think that it's such an untapped reserve that we have that can help our animals and enrich our lives and their lives that if it slightly interests you I really encourage you to do some reading and some research and I'll put some notes and connect um, references to these books that, and authors that I really recommend. This is something that um, I'd, I'll just get off my chest for what it's worth. So for years, I never went near another animal communicator or a tarot or psychic reader or otherwise. 
Uh, and that's generally because they were telling me nothing that I didn't already know. And these are some things that uh, I just want to sort of discuss, give you a bit of a warning about. I don't want to ruffle too many feathers. But if you're going to another animal communicator, and this is why I really recommend that you develop the skill yourself, um, you may just be careful of someone who wants to see you in person with your animal because the things that they might be reading uh, might be body language, age, gender, fashion style, accent, facial expressions. These are called mentalist or cold reading techniques. And it's so much better that you develop your own craft and practice as it will serve you and your animals so much better. These are a couple of tips to really help you develop your animal communication um, craft, your animal communication craft. Get rid of the fear of being wrong, okay? This will limit your reading every single time. Take the images, write them down, don't judge them because it may not make sense in the moment, but as I said, three days later, you might have that lightning bulb or that light bulb <laughs> and it will suddenly go, aha, that's exactly what the animal was trying to tell me. Ask that the animal shows you specifics. Set the intention that your animals will give you evidence. Send you a picture or an image, a sentence, a feeling. Trust your animal and I. They never judge. They don't have the capability of judging. They don't judge their responses and therefore they're asking that neither should you. Let go of whether you need the gift or not. We all have it, 100%. It's practice, it's trust, it's intuition, and it's developing a skill. And let go of ego. It's nice to be right. We all love that validation and that, oh, yes, I got it right. You know, But that will limit you and it will, it will make you judge your messages because, you, oh, no, that's ludicrous. That doesn't make any sense. But letting go of the ego will actually help you receive and interpret the messages. Okay, I'm going to do a reading for uh, a lovely girl called Courtney Lou. Courtney is a brilliant horsewoman and a brilliant writer. Uh, I've known her for quite a while and she's written me a lovely review on Spotify. Um, Courtney is does this most amazing, I suppose, look... I, I was going to call it natural horsemanship, but that is, <laughs> if a broader term could be developed, I do not know it. However, the work that she does with her horses, I just, I look at her videos, I go, oh, okay, that's what a real horsewoman does. She is the woman that rides with no bridle, no reins, no uh, paraphernalia of any sort at all. And the trust between her and her equines is it's gobsmacking and inspiring. So I'm going to do a little reading for Courtney. I'm going to pull a card for her. I've chosen, and this is an oracle pack that I haven't worked with for so long, but it was speaking to me. And I just got the shivers as I said that, so it means that I've picked the right pack. And it's Oracle of the Shapeshifters by Lucy Cavendish. So I'm going to pull a card for Courtney and see what it says. And all I can say is, well, well, Miss Courtney Lou. Okay, so 
We had a jumping card. I think every time I do a reading on this show, it seems to be that the running condition is there is a jumping card. So the jumping card that you got was called Poe's Brave Flight. Now, of course, we all know, well, some of us know the writer Edgar Allan Poe. So Poe's Brave Flight is you will not let fear stop you this time. Okay, so it's directly related to writing because Edgar Allan Poe is a writer and so is Courtney. So, Courtney, don't stop. Keep doing it. You have spirit on your side so strongly. And Edgar Allan Poe himself is going, Courtney, keep writing, keep doing it. Okay, and then the next card you got is Bats in the Belfry. You can achieve great things. Okay, so all spirits around me, and I've got the goosebumps all over me, is saying, continue with your writing. You are so gifted. You are so talented. And write even just for yourself. Um, there is a much greater audience than what you're uh, reaching at the moment. But I'm being told that it doesn't really matter if you reach them or not. I think that you will. And I think keep sending out your work because it's going to find its niche. It's going to find its its avenue. But writing is actually incredibly important for your psyche and your spirit and your mental health and your creative life. It's it's like a, a nectar for you. And it's something that, as well as the horses, which, you know, is your soul and your life and your um, your connection to nature and your family. The writing adds the creative output where there's actually something really combined here. And I feel that uh, I feel that there is definitely a horse story that you have to write that is gurgling around you in the moment. Um, it has the seeds of inspiration there and it's either you've either written a draft of it or you've got a draft in your head, um, but it's something that you need to develop and it's something that needs to be written and it will be your piece de resistance, okay? So um, from one writer to the next, it's something you must do. And it's, I feel that it's strongly connection to your herd at the moment and the the stories that they have to tell you. So um, if, if that, have a think about that, see if it resonates, go and have a chat to your horses, sit with them, let them tell you the stories, because this is something that I feel needs to be written. Okay, so I hope that, uh, hope that, is of some interest to you, Courtney. Other thing is, just with animal communication, two crystals that can really help you with this is chrysoprase, which is a beautiful greeny blue stone, which really helps with opening the heart chakra and is the stone of happiness. Um, and that can really help you if you hold it while you're doing your animal communication. And the other one is blue lace agate, which is really connected to the angels, the higher realm, spirit communication. And both of those open up our chakras, open up the, um, the realms of communication and will help you in your readings. If you either feel blocked or you feel like you're a bit stuck or 
or perhaps you feel uncomfortable with the whole, whole process, both of those stones will help you open up to something that um, might feel slightly beyond your field of reference. Uh, and they're both stones that animals love. Um, I, chrysoprase I used to put in the float when Holly had floating issues because it's a stone of happiness. It's the stone of opening up. It's a stone of new experiences, good experiences. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Remember, rate, review, follow, subscribe, give your girl a shout out. Uh, and um, if anyone would like a card reading on the show, um, got two more spaces to write a review and I'm very, very happy to do it. Write to me about any of your experiences. I love hearing it. Okay, everyone, have a great week.